Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing? Great. All right, why don't you stand up? We're going to enter into some praise and worship together this morning. I had to run. Where's Monica? There you are. Hey. Hey, this is my friend Lee over here. This is my friend Monica. We are here to wish you a happy Easter and just say it is so good to be together with all of you and to celebrate today. And uh, yeah, I'm just like looking out. I'm just so thrilled. It's so exciting. Yes. I have something to show you. Ooh, what does Lee have? Let me find the end. Here, <gasps> can you hang on to this? Oh, fun things. All right, let's see what we have. And I have uh, up in my seat, I have, uh, what will we say, 80 more feet of this. Ooh, is this for Easter, Lee? Are these Easter celebration decorations? Oh, my decorations? goodness, it should be. No, so this... <laughs> May 1st is coming up, and you all know we have first Sunday lunch, but with it being May 1st and appreciating our diverse culture we have around here, we're going to be throwing a Cinco de Mayo party. <gasps> Scandalous. We're going to do it on May 1st and not on May 3rd. <laughs> so I think we have uh, carnitas. Yes. Chips and salsa. Yes. Yes. Uh, face painting. Yes. What else are you guys doing? Just face painting. <laughs> That's it. That'll be so much fun. Can I get my face painted too? Okay. It's so fun. So yeah. uh, we would still I'm love you this. if you would like to uh, bring lunch or things to share. But yeah, the church is going to have the cornitos and the chips and salsa. But when I say the church is going to have it, what that really means is you guys are going to help bring it. <laughs> so um, look for the sign up genius this week on how you can um, help bring some food to share. Sounds good. And yes. then next week, we have something fun going on. So much to celebrate. What are oh. we celebrating next week? Lee? Baptisms. Yes. yes. Um, that and was such a lame woo. Yeah. You're like the woo king. Yeah. <laughs> All right, woo! let's go. Yeah, there we go. Baptism. Yes, baptism next week, which is a bigger part of our Vision Sunday. So Vision Sunday is... All next week, culminating in baptisms. And if you still would like to get baptized and have not, there is space for you. Yes. Can sign up Absolutely. on mylcc.info. And speaking of mylcc.info and Vision Sunday, um, where am I going with this? Summer. Yes, June. summer is also coming. Yes. We are in such summer a celebration coming. mood here today. Yes. We are going to throw a big event on June 25th. Because it's been a while. COVID, you know, kind of just squished everything. But we need ideas. So if you've been wanting to throw an event, have an idea for an event for June 25th, let us know. There's a button on mylcc.info. I will say right now, no idea is too crazy. big. Crazy. It's, yes. And then love I crazy. And then we'll vote. Mm -hmm. We'll narrow it down to three, and then we'll all vote. And then, yeah. And then if you not only are crazy enough for ideas and you say, I only, I like to have ideas and help implement them, let us know. You can help plan the crazy. We love that. So, um, and part of that button also is. Yes. So Vision Sunday, you yes. have a chance. I know you all have been dying to ask LCC leadership questions. This is your yes. chance to ask staff or elders anything you want. You can ask us as a group. You can ask us individually, like, hey, Monica, why are you so cool? Wow, that is such a mystery, Lee. <laughs> so there's a button on mylcc.info, and we'll address some of those questions next Sunday. And if we don't get to them, check your emails, social media. 
But that's enough for next all the week announcements because we've got a lot going on this morning. Yes, and look, yeah, you're already standing to the ready for worship. Uh, but one of my favorite things to do on Easter is just to say, "Jesus is risen," and respond back with "risen indeed." So, let me just ask, say this: Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. Awesome! I learned how to say "Jesus is risen" in Spanish Let's do thanks it. to Amy. Okay, here we go. Jesus ha resucitado. Yes. yes. Okay. <laughs> but right. I did not learn how to say risen indeed. So can our Spanish-speaking friends tell us how to say that? Risen indeed? That. <laughs> okay. Armando, say it like they can hear you on 270. Ha resucitado. Amen. Ha resucitado. Roll All the right. R. Roll the R. All right. All right. Say it one more time. Jesus is risen. He is risen indeed. indeed. All right. Let's worship together. Oh, God, you are so good. Thank you for this day. Thank you for the resurrection that we can remember. Your victorious stand over death. Your life in us to save us from our sin. To restore our relationship with God. God, would you help us to celebrate today and just give you glory for it all. Help us to rejoice in your name. We pray. Amen. You can have a seat. Amen. Kids in the room. Kids in the room, we were so excited to have you for our worship time together, but it is time for you to go to Kids Life. So get up and head on over there. Well, good morning and happy Easter. We're so glad that you're with us here to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. Um, I want to start this morning by actually uh, testing your vision. Okay, this is, feel free to participate. Okay, feel free to participate. But um, I'm going to put a few things up here and uh, you can respond with what you see. So what do you see? <laughs> Duck, rabbit, right? Now you might want to hold your armrest for this next one. Does anybody see it? Is it doing it to you? A little vertigo, maybe? It's not a video. I promise it's just an optical illusion. You know, remember these things? Those of you, you know, magic guy, right? Um, I've never seen one. I, I hope there's nothing inappropriate in this image. I can't, I cannot see them. I have for years, I, I used to work, uh, long story short, I, I worked where I could see one all the time for a couple years. I stared at it for years, never saw it. And who can forget, right? Don't, I mean, whatever. But <laughs> um, if, you, if you've missed that one, it's all right. You were better off. Okay. But, but we, um, we, we, we tend to trust our eyes, right? We trust what we can see. And it, and it makes sense, but we also know that our eyes can deceive us. We know that, that there's times where we see things and our, our perception of them isn't exactly what they are. Um, our, our, our actual, our, our preconceived notions about certain things can cause us to see something and perceive it inaccurately and lead us astray. Um, it can cause us to miss our, our, our things that we miss can, or things that we see can cause us to miss other things that are going on around us. And so much about Easter, so much about what we're, what we're gathered here today to, to, to remember and to celebrate has to do with what was seen, what was seen, what was witnessed. Okay? 
And we're going to look at Luke chapter 24 together. And it'll be on the screen if you don't have a Bible with you. But if you have one and you want to look at Luke 24, go ahead and turn there. But, but as you turn there, you know, we, we, we remember Easter. It's, it's as Christians, this is our high holiday. This is, this is the day where we, where we uh, the, the, the story of Easter is the story that animates every other time that we gather together. It's the story above and beyond and behind all the other stories that we tell in the, the death of Jesus, that we, if you were with us Friday night, we, we remember Jesus' death. And the death of Jesus as a sacrifice for us, it covers our sins, and we thank Jesus for that. But today we remember the resurrection of Jesus, the reality that he's alive. He's alive. The, the grave couldn't hold him. And so let's look at Luke 24. Let's look at Luke 24, and we're going to start at the very beginning in verse 1 of Luke chapter 24. And one of the fascinating things about Luke, you have, we have, in, in our scriptures, we have these accounts of, of Jesus' life and the events that surround his life and his teaching. And, and primarily, those, those, are, those authors, the people written, writing them, were telling things that they experienced, okay? that they experienced, particularly here at the end of, of, of Jesus' Uh, earthly life during his death and, and burial, that Matthew and Mark and John are telling eyewitness accounts. Luke is different for us because Luke, as best we can tell, didn't witness these things. He is telling the stories of others, people that, that, that told him about Jesus. So when we read this, think about what we see and what, what others would have seen as they told Luke what they experienced. Luke chapter 24, verse 1. It says this, on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared. The they, to, to tell you, we'll find a little bit later, is a group of women. It's a group of women. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. Verse 3, but when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And this is like the thing, right? Jesus, Jesus had lived Jesus was, was killed, he was crucified, he was executed. And, and that execution in the moment for those people felt like just a, a political drama unfolding. But for us, 2,000 years later, it, it, it means something, that last verse, that they went into that tomb and Jesus' body wasn't there. The empty tomb, it's, it's the thing that, that's still a stumbling block for those who want to deny Jesus, his rightful place as Lord. There was, there was a man, Jesus. He was executed. He was put in the tomb, but on that, the first morning of that week, that tomb was empty. He wasn't there. Keep reading with me, verse 4. While they were, while, while they were perplexed about this, I think, yes, Behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? These, the, the presence of these two men that other gospel writers call angels, that, that they're standing there. And, 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 and they come along and they ask this question, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? Well, they're, they're seeking, they thought they were looking for the dead amongst the dead. The idea that Jesus would be alive hadn't crossed their minds. They expected his body to be there. It seems like it's a little unfair, but, but this, this question, this pattern becomes a way of life for us too when we think about this question. Because, because this, this question sort of, it, it sort of encapsulates everything that we do, right? We look for life 
amongst things in our world that have nothing to offer us but death. All of our patterns of, of idolatry, it, it, the things that just like these first people, we're looking for something that, that we think is one thing, but it's something else. So keep reading with us, verse 6. They said, he is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee? Like, remember back ways? That the Son of Man, that would be Jesus, that he must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. This is the, sort of the first account of like the encapsulated story of the good news. That, that Jesus said, this was by Jesus' own account, that, that, that he's, he's going to be handed over, he's going to be killed, but then he's going to be alive again. Keep reading verse 8. And they remembered his words, right? Like they saw it, the light bulb came on. They remembered. It dawned on them. They remembered his words, and returning from the tomb, they told all these things to the 11. That would be the followers, the 11 followers of Jesus who remained after his, his uh, crucifixion. To the 11 and to all the rest, this other congregation of people, this, this, this group of people that would have been with them. And then verse 10, now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary, the mother of James, and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. This, Luke is retelling this story, right? He's retelling this story. And it's fascinating because, because we find something here in this text that, that should, that should if, we, if we sort of gathered the first century context, would blow our minds. It's almost like the big reveal at the end of this. Because the, the, the word of women in this culture would not have even stood in court. So when someone says, what did you see in the first century, by default, they would have just overlooked that question with any woman that they encountered. And yet God, in his infinite wisdom, saw to it, superintended, that the first people to experience the reality of the resurrection of Jesus were women. There is no partiality with God. There is no distinction there isn't, there's, there's no one whose word on this, whose experience on this is less trustworthy. It's, it's almost too good to not be true or too, too bad to not be true, right? Like it's, if it, it's, it's, it would be preposterous to have made this up and then to say that women were the first people to see the, 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 the experience of the resurrection because in that culture it wouldn't have been believed. And so there's more. Keep reading. Verse 11. But these words seemed to them an idle tale. Like when they, when they heard it, they responded like, that's crazy, right? It's crazy. And it is crazy because dead people don't come back to life. Can we agree on that? Dead people don't come back to life. These words seemed to them an idle tale, and they did not believe them. Verse 12, but Peter rose and ran to the tomb. If we know the story of Peter... That, that checks out. Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in. He saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. This is the resurrection account. It's the story. And it tells us there that Peter marveled. Peter was stunned. He was amazed by what, what he encountered. And yet I think about us, in some ways, we've kind of lost that wonder. I think at times we take it for granted. We've heard it. Many of us have heard it. We've just sort of come to, well, yeah, that's how this story ends. And we lose sight of the fact that 
that, again, dead people don't come back to life. That's not what happens. This isn't just unusual. This doesn't happen. I wonder if our familiarity with the story has diminished our capacity to marvel at it still. In some ways, we're, we're the opposite of these first witnesses. They didn't anticipate this to be the end, and we do. We expect it to be coming. And I think there's clues in the rest of Luke 24 to help us. So we're going to keep reading as we, as we look at this. So keep reading the story because we're going to see some people who weren't expecting this and how it, it hit them. Luke chapter 24, just keep reading verse 13. It says, that very day. So this is still that very day, same day. Two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. And they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. It's these two. We don't know who they are just yet. We'll see at least one of them. Verse 15. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. So Jesus draws near, but they didn't see him. They didn't know who he was. Their eyes were kept from recognizing them. Something blocked their view. Verse 17, and he said to them, what, what is this conversation that you're holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, that's one of the two, answered him, are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? It seems like kind of a silly question to ask Jesus if you knew it was Jesus, right? Sounds like some of the things that we might say to Jesus, how could you do that? What were you thinking, Jesus, with this thing in my life? But he acknowledges the events caused quite a stir. Verse 19, keep reading, he said to them, what things? <laughs> they said to him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people. Keep reading, verse 20, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. And there's a big but here, at the beginning of verse 21. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Did you catch this? So they had a view of Jesus. They saw him as something, right? He was, it tells us that he was a prophet. He was mighty in deed and work. But it all came crashing in when he was killed. Our hope, we had, we had hoped that he was going to be the one to set things right. We had hoped that he was going to be the one to, to, like, turn the page for us. We'd hoped that he was going to be the answer to all of our longings. But he's dead now. And then, look at this word, the beginning of verse 22. Moreover, moreover, like, on top of that, it's almost like, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning. And when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Do you catch the skepticism in it? Moreover, it's not, as if it's not bad enough, if it's not bad enough that this, this person that we had followed, this person that we'd given our lives to, this, this revolution of sorts that we had joined up with, moreover, it's not, if it's not bad enough that he's dead now, now there's people going around trying to say he's not really dead. Keep reading. Verse 24, some of those who went with us to the, went, went, uh, so those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, 
but him they did not see. So we still, we still haven't seen Jesus. Look at verse 25. And he said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Okay? Um, I don't like to be called a fool. <laughs> I, I probably spend um, way too much of my energy trying to avoid <laughs> looking or being foolish or uh, opening myself up to the accusation of foolishness. So when I see this, I think, oh, but come on. But remember, it's Jesus alongside them, hearing them say, hey, we had this teacher, and he was killed, and now there's these stories that he's alive. And Jesus says, oh, foolish ones, and it's actually sort of like, oh, short-sighted ones is the best kind of way to understand that. Oh, short-sighted ones. You're seeing so little of the picture. He says, and then this next phrase, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. He connects this idea of like not seeing the fullness, the reality to the slowness of their hearts. Do you catch this? He moves the, they're saying, I don't believe it. I, they didn't see it. I can't affirm it. And he says, it's not a problem up here with your eyes and what you've seen. It's a problem with the belief in your heart. That's where the problem originates. This is a fascinating thing about the resurrection. It's a fascinating thing about the work of Jesus. We don't miss it because we don't see it. We don't see it because we don't believe it. Do you catch that order of events? We don't miss the work of Jesus because we don't see it. We miss the work of Jesus because we don't believe it. That's why we don't see it. Keep reading. Verse 26. Was it not necessary, this is still Jesus speaking, was it not necessary that the Christ or the anointed one from God, the one you're talking about that you had all of your hopes in, the, the Messiah, was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them all the scriptures, in all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. Jesus just, he just unfolds the story of the scriptures. They were all leading to this present reality. Keep reading with me. Verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going further, but they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So, they went in to, so he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And catch this, verse 31. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. Do you catch it? Their eyes were opened. They saw him. He started with what the scriptures had said about himself. And he walked them through the reality. All the promises that had been made throughout all the centuries. He laid it out in front of them. But then in that moment, he sat with them. And he broke bread with them. There's no witness here that this is like the sacrament of communion, but he communed with them. He shared that space with them, and their eyes were open to it. 
They saw that he'd already been there. He'd already been with them. Nothing, nothing fundamentally changed about the, the setting other than they saw it for what it was. They saw the truth. They began to interpret not just their life in the moment, but, but all of the past correctly. It all came together and made sense. But there's more, verse 32. They said to each other, did not our hearts, remember the, your hearts are slow to believe? And they said, did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the 11 and those that were with them gathered together. Catch this, we, we heard it. And then we, our hearts burned. Something happened in us. And then we saw it. The scriptures clearly explained Jesus. And they said, now we see it. And immediately they returned to Jerusalem. Read that last word. They found the 11 and those who were with them gathered together. Verse 34, saying, the Lord has risen indeed. It's worth, we did that this morning, right? He has risen indeed. It's true. We believe it too. We've experienced him. He's appeared to Simon and they told what had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. They said, we've seen him. We've experienced him. We, we believe him because our, our, our heart, what we, what we feel is now connected to our, our eyes and what we see and we've experienced it. The, the, the risen Jesus isn't just an idea that, that's out there. It's something that's taken up residence in our chests. It's more than just a set of facts to, to check off and believe, but rather it's, it's something that burns in our very person. So first Jesus was nearby them, but they weren't seeing him until that right moment. But then once they saw him, remember what they, immediately, immediately, they went back to the others to tell them that, 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 they, that they had seen him, that they'd experienced him. There's more, verse 36 of Luke 24. And as they, now the they is now, those two have gone back to the 11 and the other ones that are gathered there, so there's a larger group. As they were talking about these things, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace to you. But they were startled and frightened and thought they saw a spirit. Again, I can't blame them for this. It's the ghost of Jesus, right? That word spirit is like the word for phantom. It's, it's, it's not physical, material. It's just startling. Keep going. Verse 38. And he said to them, why are you troubled and why do you have doubts in your hearts? See my hands and my feet, that it is I myself. Touch me and see, for a spirit does not have flesh and bones, as you see that I have. What Jesus is saying is, this is not just a ghost or a phantom. This is a body. It's a body that just a few days ago was executed gruesomely and put in the grave. And that body is alive again. Right? We're not talking about a spooky story. We're talking about a dead man who's alive again. That is the wonder of Easter. It's real life. It's the promise of resurrection. That, that death, the physical death of our bodies is not the end. 
Read on with me. Verse 40, and when they had said this, they, he showed them his hands and feet, and while they still disbelieved for joy, now their jaws have dropped, right? It's too good to be true. And were marveling, he said to them, have you anything here to eat? His body had physiological needs. They gave him a piece of broiled fish. I'd have gone some other direction, but they gave him broiled fish. And he took it and ate it before them. Then he said to them, These are my words that I spoke to you while I was still with you, that everything written about me in the law of Moses and the prophets, the Psalms, must be fulfilled. He goes back to this thing, right? He goes, look, if you look backward, if you look back at all the things that were said, they were all pointing to me. He says, right here, right now, this moment with him, Jesus, it was all pointing to the promise that is Jesus. The, the, the entire story of the scriptures was leading to this point, the truth that Jesus was dead and now he's alive. That's what it was always about. It's the reality through which we see the rest of the scriptures clearly. It's, it's, it's in seeing that and, and, and acknowledging it and coming to view it for what it is that it becomes clear. And it's always been this. We just, they just weren't seeing it. it nothing changed in the story Something changed in them to see it, the experience with Jesus. So keep reading verse 45. Then he opened their minds to understand it, to understand the scriptures. Do you catch this pattern again? They experience him, and, and they can't believe it, but it's, it's sort of like a, it's like an, I, I can't believe it, but I can't deny it, this internal reality. And then he opens their eyes to understand, their minds, their eyes Thus it is written that the Christ should suffer and on the third day rise from the dead and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all the nations. He explains it to them. They've encountered him. They've believed him and now their eyes are open and he reveals the whole picture. And they marveled at him. They marveled at him. Their eyes, they, they, they marveled with their hearts and then they saw with their eyes, their minds. And here's this pattern again. He shows them how the, pat, he was, he, the, the story hasn't changed. Get this. The, the sacrifice of Jesus, his crucifixion and, the, and the, the resurrection, it was always the plan. That's the point of all this. This was not some sort of like audible that God called in order to, to like adjust to what was going on. This was always the plan. That God himself in the life of Christ, Jesus would take up residence as a human, would live amongst us, would suffer would suffer beyond what we can even imagine bearing and would die on our behalf only to be alive again a few days later. This was the plan that the scriptures always spoke of. This is what it was all about. It's, it answers the question, what's been going on here? Who is this person, Jesus? And notice what it says there. Because this is the first time that this phrase comes into the equation. 
It's, there's the, the resurrection that Christ would suffer on the third day's rise from the dead, but then verse 47, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sins should be proclaimed in all the nations. Here's the why. Here's the why. It's not just a cool trick. It's not just so that, that we can all kind of like look at it and marvel, though we ought to. It's so that the brokenness of our sins can be forgiven. Amen. It's not just because he could. It's so that we can now enter into right relationship with him. So we ask, what do you see when you look at Jesus? I didn't know where to go with this. So I searched the memes. <clears throat> there will be others than what I can share, right? But do you see this Jesus? He's, I mean, literally, I think this is the Jesus is my homeboy meme, right? He's my buddy. He's kind of, you know, he's there behind me. He thinks I can do no wrong. Jesus is a friend of mine. If you know what I'm talking about, okay. There's this Jesus, right? He's always kind of creeping around the corner. It's a real thing. He's always got his eye on you. He's just waiting for you to do the wrong thing. He's a disapproving authority withholding something from us. This Jesus thinks I'm always up to something. There's this Jesus, the incredulous Jesus, right? This Jesus is, um, he's always confused about my stupidity and maybe rightfully so. <laughs> but I think he's always like calling all my aunts and uncles and telling them how dumb my last decision was. Like, what's wrong with you? He thinks I'm a moron, I can't be trusted. There's like happy Facebook Jesus. This was like a whole thing for a while, I guess. But again, he's, he's approving, he's just celebrating. Whatever you wanna do, this Jesus is celebrating your decision. I think this Jesus is usually attached to whatever you just posted about your kids, but I don't, I'm not sure. I haven't been on Facebook long enough to verify that. Okay, but here's the deal. Here's the deal. While, while every sort of like false idea of Jesus has just a little bit of a, some truth in it, none of them encapsulates the whole picture. Let's walk back through this again really quickly. Luke 24, in verse 25, he says, Oh, foolish ones, slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. The story of Jesus is much bigger than just any anecdote we can tell. It's much bigger. There's more to, to who Jesus is than just that, that one thing I want him to be in the moment or that one thing I fear that he is. In verse 31, remember, their eyes were opened and they recognized him. Remember this pattern? They, they At first, their hearts came to believe and then they saw him for all that he is. And down at the end, it says, this is written that the Christ should, this is the story, the Christ should suffer, the anointed one, Jesus himself should suffer. And on the third day, rise from the dead. <clears throat> it is written, the Christ should suffer on the third day, rise from the dead, and that repentance for the forgiveness of sin should be proclaimed in his name to all nations. You see, he did this so that the world could be made right. This is the Jesus. 
this is the, the, the fullness of the story. It's the Jesus who, who came to earth to die for us so that God's power could be displayed in the resurrection and we would all know, we would all know that he is it. We could believe and see all that he is and proclaim him to all the nations. It's repent and pro- proclaim. It's turn from sin and tell the world. To, I want to close with this. This is Paul writes about this in Philippians chapter 3. He writes about this in Philippians chapter 3, and he says this. He says, indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, Paul says, I've suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish, trash, in order that I may gain Christ. See, it's all worthless next to knowing him. And and, and in some way, this is the belief we're talking about, that that the earliest uh, followers of Jesus came to understand it wasn't just I accept that he did things, but it's that I value him in a way. That he is more valuable than anything else. No matter what we have, it's rubbish. It's trash. And we be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law or what I can accomplish but that which comes through faith in Christ, believing. Faith is belief. First they believed in their heart, and then they saw. That comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, the goodness of Christ. We share in it when we believe. We, we, we come to experience it when we believe. Verse 10, that I may know him. Know. I'm certain know him in the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings. Suffering is part of this story, even on Easter. That by any means, verse 11, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection of the dead. That whatever it takes, I can share in the life that Jesus had. That what he had in the resurrection is what I can have through him. That's the promise. He did all of this so we can have it. And I want to say this. Jesus wants to save you on Easter. Me too. I know, I know. He saved me a long time ago. But he's not done saving me. He still wants, wants me to believe more, to trust more, to deepen my faith so he can show me more of himself so I can see him more clearly. So yes, you, Jesus wants to save you this Easter. You may be here today and have never believed, and that's okay. You may have never trusted. You may be seeing this Jesus for the first time. This Jesus, he, he suffered and died for you. So that what's wrong about us, what's wrong about you, your sin can be covered by by Jesus. And we believe in that. And you may be here and have never confronted that. Wouldn't Easter be a great time to take that burning in your chest and to say yes to Jesus and let him open your eyes? We would love for you 
we'd love for you to say yes to Jesus for the first time today. And if that's you, there's a way to even like to proclaim it. We, we've talked about baptism, but, but to be baptized, to acknowledge, that's a part of proclaiming it to all the nations, to the world begins right here in one life. Next week, come back next week and proclaim it. You may have just have wandered and drifted. Maybe, it's, maybe you're someone who's just kind of walking along the road and you're not aware that Jesus is still there with you. You may have just kind of like left what you consider to be the hardest things in your life and you just kind of kept moving along the road. And he's walking there and saying like, hey, the stories, the, it's all been about him. He, he wants to save you today. Maybe you're pretending, you're, you're, you're sort of acting. Maybe there's, you're getting something, but it's not really the life of Jesus. He wants to save us. Maybe we're serving another God, a God of pleasure, a God of consumption. I don't know, but maybe. And you've said yes to Jesus, that you would, you would call him your Savior. But at present, there's something in me, in us, that's just sort of bowing to another God. His, his death pays for all of it. And his resurrection confirms that we have life in spite of it. We can be made new. Easter proves that his sacrifice was sufficient for it. Not just to make us right with God, but to free us from our sin. Can you see Jesus today? Can you see him? The living, loving, resurrected son of God who gave his life for us. Everything that was true on that first Easter, everything that was true on that first Easter is still true today. He is alive and he wants us to see him. We see him when we believe. Would you pray with me? Father, we're thankful, so thankful for your life shared with us in Jesus. We thank you that you've, you've not only died for us, but you're alive today. That the promises that you make to us are sealed with your victory over death. And we just, we, we want to see it and so we, we trust you. We believe you when you say that you are alive. We recognize that, that our, our longings are filled by you that in you we belong, that you've never left us, you're still with us. And so God, we ask today that you would just help us see, you would open our eyes, you would show us more of yourself, Jesus. We thank you for the gift of the Spirit, and Spirit, we ask that you would be with us in our praise, that we could experience all of you today. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. Oh my gosh. We're so glad you could be a part of today. If you're new, welcome. We're glad you're here. I want to tell you about a quick 
uh, just three things really quickly. Next week is going to be special. Um, we're having baptism. If you've not been baptized, uh, Easter tells the story of, of baptism. It's from death to life, what Christ has done in our life. So if you've not been baptized, come see us. You can still do it. It's next week. Uh, as part of next week, too, we're going to have a Vision Sunday and talk about where we're headed as a church together. Really excited. We've got some surprises to share with you next week, too. Come be a part of next week. And then finally, Cinco de Mayo on Uno de Mayo, okay? May 1st, we're going to have our lunch together. Uh, you can sign up on mylcc.info to bring food and things like that. Have an awesome Easter. And praise God that we can be together in this place and with families today. So have a great Easter. We'll see you.